Hi, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7. Do you like movies? Well, I do. I love movies. And so when I was at NRB a few weeks ago, I had the chance of uh, interviewing two stars of two movies. And the reason I wanted you to hear it, not only did we have some really great discussions, because these guys are trying to, they're trying to do movies that are redemptive, uh, that are encouraging, that have good values, uh, and they, they both are part of a, a really good projects. And so I enjoyed my conversations with them, and I wanted to share them with you. So this, uh, we're going to kind of relax today. We've done a lot of serious stuff this week, and so today is going to be some fun. And um, speaking of fun, the first, well, one of the movies that we're going to talk about is called Game Changer. It's about a little league group in uh, central Atlanta. Here, it'll give you a little taste of what the movie's about. Meet Jordan Gabriel. The best athlete in pro football. Fans, fame, fortune. He has it all. I mean, he, he has got to be the luckiest guy alive. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he is. Hey, where's my money? Or is he? Gabriel, it's Antoine Rice for the championship. Forced to coach a middle school baseball team. That's John Smoltz. Remember, have fun. Lions on three. A story about teamwork. Fun, family, forgiveness, and so much more. No way! Can this motley group of kids finally show Jordan? Look, guys, I'm new to this, and clearly I dropped the ball so far. You don't say. But it takes to truly win in life. Well, that's just a little taste of the fun we're going to have today. We're going to talk about two different movies uh, and kind of present them to you and get your the wheels turning about uh, some good movies that you might choose uh, for your summer enjoyment. But first, as we celebrate uh, the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, I want to take a moment to recognize that 64 million babies had their lives taken during that. And that means that 64 million moms are living with us, probably most of them still here, not necessarily all of them, but uh, every every birthday, grieving that baby and remembering what they did. Um, and it's affecting all of our culture. So we pray for those women. We know that they grieve over their babies, uh, and we know that some of them have gotten hard. So whatever the case, our prayers go out to them. And we also still think about those babies, and we wonder, you know, what would they have become? And we've lost an entire generation well, every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies' lives, offering love, support, and compassion to hurting moms. Would you consider, on this first anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, would you consider a gift of $64 uh, just to remember the 64 million kids, babies, unborn babies who lost their lives, $64 for those precious lives that were lost? Uh, it's all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. If you would like to call us, you can do that at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. And I have mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. Uh, we've had kind uh, <laughs> Um, it's been a slow slog uh, to get a website um, up, and we finally managed to get that done after all of these months. There were just some real obstacles that I won't go into. But now we have a website that I think is something that will be useful to you at sandyrios.com, sandyrios.com. There's a companion website that has nothing to do with the uh, with the podcast, but it's a story that features the life of my daughter, who is very much part of my own story, my first child. Uh, who was severely disabled. And so we've created a website that has all kinds of stories about her life and pictures and things like that that uh, some of you will be interested in. And that's at sashasong.com, sashasong.com. You can find it through the website, sandyrios.com also, but I'm just telling you that if uh, um, you might benefit, it might help you in some ways uh, if there's some struggle in your life that um, that's just really impassable, something that's really heartbreaking. Uh, it's an encouragement, and so it's meant to be that. So, all right, so sandyreels.com and sashasong.com. All right, well, uh, we're having fun today. So if you're not into fun, well, we'll see you later. But if you're into fun, stay tuned. Here we go. 
from American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. Hi, this is Sandy Rios, and you're watching Sandy Rios 24-7. We aren't usually on video, but today we are with the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. The place is filled with people you would know and enjoy. And one of those is sitting next to me. His name is T.C. Stallings. He's been nominated for Best Actor in the Best Picture this year by the National Religious Broadcasters. You may have seen him in the movie, and if you haven't, you've got to. It's called No Vacancy. TC, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sandy. I appreciate it. Are you getting tired of talking about no vacancy? No, I never get tired of talking about it. It's, uh, it's a great story. It's made by great people, a great church, and um, I think everybody should hear the story. So hopefully that's the result of this, is more people getting familiar with the story. I, we should say, we should say <laughs> that this is based on a, a church in Florida that has uh, chosen to serve people in need, and the story is based around one of those guys who was down and out, and uh, they reached out to help him, and you played that guy. I forgot the character. Yeah, name. Cecil Johnson. Cecil, Cecil Johnson. Johnson. Did yep. you ever meet him? I didn't. He actually passed away in 2019, oh, and yeah. so the way I got to meet him was to look at uh, old videos of him speaking, um, uh, talk to his wife, and uh, the people at the church was telling me everything about him. So I had to do a lot of research just to be able to portray him authentically. It would have been really, really cool to meet him, but I felt like I, I know him just from getting to know so much about him. But his story is incredible, and uh, it was an honor to play him. I, I felt like I was, no joke, playing, playing a hero. And you, people don't always know these stories that are out there, but somebody who completely came from the mud, turned their life around, and set a standard to where now other people's life can be changed is just incredible. And just the power of God. Yeah. to change people's lives, no matter, what, no matter what, no matter what. And TC, you did a great job. You really did Thank a you. great job portraying him. You did. You this so is the struggle, the change of, in your life. And we should be spoiling the plot. Oh, but yeah. I, <laughs> all right. So um, you've been an actor for a long time, right? Yeah. You've what, what other things have people seen you in? Uh, they've probably seen me in Courageous, uh, War Room, which was uh, yeah. thanks for everybody who supported that. It became the number one movie in, yeah. in America. Um, my brother's keeper, and uh, so yeah, just this um, God's compass, just a lot of these roles where I get to play a lot of different people. I've been a doctor, I've been a soldier, I've been just a regular businessman, I've been a thug. You know, I've just been all these different things. It's been fun. Yeah, a fun. Okay, get your play up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you were a football player. Were you a football player before you got into movies? I think I was a football player before I was born. <laughs> I think I was just in my mother's womb running around with a ball. That's just she that's probably what, felt that. She sure. for sure. Did she, she say she felt that? She's <laughs> feeling kicks. That's just me running into the walls of her stomach. Just I love the sport. I came. I want to play. My whole goal was to be a professional athlete. Um, it started off with just want to get out of the neighborhood and get to college. And I knew that no one in my family could afford to do that. So it would take something like a scholarship. And so I started playing and was great at it. And and I wanted to change my mother's life and just, you know, and, and so that became my goal. And so, yeah, since I was 12 years old, I've been playing football and what, I played what, in college. What position? Running back, just running back and a kick returner. So, yeah. All right, so I have to confess to you, TC, when I, when I do talk radio for years, I always say the two things I can't talk about is sports and dogs, but, <laughs> but I was in Chicago when the Bears were in their glory days. So yes. I actually sang for them the national anthem. Oh. Got to know them, interviewed them, knew Mike Ditka. So, yeah. see, come on. I know football. Yeah, you do. I know, I know what they wore. It was really pretty. And right, so <laughs> Mike Ditka, Walter Payton. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite His wife used to listen to my show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so awesome. she'd call in. And, you know, it was really fun. And those years in Chicago were great fun. But, there you go. yeah, football is just magic, isn't it? Yeah, um, I love it. And I love the impact that it can have. You know, I yes. would, after my games, I would go and there's kids waiting to get your autograph and then a parent will come up to you and say, hey, 
you, you talk a lot about staying in school and, and do I, well, my son listens to you because he looks up to you. You signed his glove and gave it to him. He keeps that glove right by his books and he studies hard. And so when I look at the impact that you can have, I'm just like, man, that's incredible. And that's kind of why I like film because it's the same thing. You watch movies and get inspired. And so I, I just love to be able to impact people. But here's the thing, TC. I think so many people in sports and in this, whatever we're doing, in, in acting, radio, whatever we do, um, forget that I think God puts us in these places for a reason. And Absolutely. it is to have that kind of influence. It's not so that you can get lots of compliments. Right. It's not why we are not wired that way as Christians. Yeah. And you don't receive it that way. I can see you take it seriously, but so many athletes don't. They'll yeah. say, oh, you know, my private life's my own. I'm not responsible for kids and how they act. You know, you know the drill. Yeah. Would you, have you ever had conversations sure. with some of them about that? Okay. Absolutely. You can't, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ, you cannot separate what you do from who you are. When it, when it comes to like your job defining you, I get all of that. Like, you know, I'm an actor that doesn't define me or whatever. But when it comes to my faith, my faith is not separate from my job. My faith is not separate from anything. My faith is who I am in all things. Yeah. And the Bible says in all things, you know, you acknowledge the Lord. Love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. After all, there's nothing left. So it is all encompassing. So for me, when I'm on set, when I'm performing, even when I'm playing a the character, they, the script is fake. But, I'm, but if I have to say an F-bomb, that cuss word is real. I'm not doing that because I can't dishonor God. So. You don't separate your, your, what you do from the God that you believe in, from the Jesus that you follow. You cannot do that. And if Jesus showed up, regardless of whether it's a fictitious script or me on the football field, he better be able to approve of everything I do, everything I say. And so that's the way that I, that I live my life. And from what I read in scripture, that's how you're supposed to live it. So yeah, there's no separation in that. That's uh, for all you politicians too, the ones I talk to all the time, because they make the same excuses. Oh, this yeah. is politics. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'll you tell know, you we, what. for the greater good. I hear this, you know. Yeah. So, no, what you're saying is, is right, TC. Yeah. Um, all right, so by the time people hear this, they will know that no vacancy won the, the award. See, I'm tipping them <laughs> off. You won't hear this I until hope I say. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say no more. But um, you are working with. Uh, 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 I'm just going blank. Kingstone Productions, Kingstone. Yes. They're good friends of mine. They're going to love me for that. <laughs> right. So Kingstone makes, uh, just does incredible work. Yeah. I don't know how, how to even capsulize it in one sentence. It's they do cartoons. They do little, little video actual act, mm -hmm. uh, um, animation action stuff. animations that yeah. go around the world in many, many languages. And they create comic books on famous characters, on historical figures. Uh, uh, they've done the entire Bible, yes. and you're working on something now with them, right? Yes, a couple. Yeah, so with them, you know, with Kingstone doing no vacancy, you know, I got a chance to meet Art, and I saw all the stuff that he was doing. And in my mind, you know, I wrote a movie script where I'm creating the first uh, superhero that really acknowledges Jesus Christ, like as the real hero. And then, you know, God wow. empowers him to do some things on on Earth the same way he did in Scripture with like Moses and Elijah, the Samson, the real super. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, man, uh, I want to create something like that. And then uh, just seeing what art does with comics, I thought about, you know what, maybe I should do a comic book first because all the great superheroes started, whether it's Superman, Batman, whoever, right. it was a comic book first. Yeah. So just it was cool to know somebody who's already done it to give me the confidence. Uh, so all, all on my own with my family and my production company, Purpose Studios, we designed the uh, Christian superhero that we plan to take cinematically, and it'll be the first time this is ever done in this way cinematically. It's called God Sin Spiritual Warrior, and we opened God it up. Sin. God Sin. God Sin. That's his name, God Sin. Oh, oh, God Sin. Like you know, how people say, "Oh, you're a God Sin." <laughs> so like in the in the comic, okay. he gets he he does something, and gets called that, and the name kind of sticks, and he kind of wears that name. Uh, but he always says, um, "I'm not the hero. The real hero is coming." I'm just helping to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. And so uh, so we did this and it, it opened up and right now it's the number one new release on Amazon. So if anybody wants to check that out, I can go to the, Amazon. The comic book version. The comic book, the comic book version, you know, number one new release. And so- uh, I have to say, as somebody who hears people's ideas have, for years, everybody's got an idea about something they want to do, a song they've written, yeah. something they've done that they want you to promote. That's a brilliant idea. Oh man, I'm so excited. Cause I mean, I'm like, yeah. when you read the Bible, you see these, these real life heroes you know, I love superheroes, but they're not real. Like I'm a big fan of Black Panther and and Superman, but they're not they're not real. When you look at scripture, and you see Samson, Elijah, 
uh, David, all these people that God literally said, okay, I need you to do something, and he gives them supernatural abilities to get it done. Yeah. I'm like, well, what if, you know, since that happened really in scripture, what if we just made a, uh, it's a fictitious story, but if God wanted to empower somebody to do something incredible, we got biblical proof that he's already done it. So let's make a story about it. But the real thing we want to point to is that the real hero is Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to use our spiritual gifts to honor him and prepare the way for him coming back, tell everybody about him. So in our story, we just got a guy that gets used by God in a, in a more extraordinary way, like they did in the scripture, uh, to do things. So it'd be like if Elijah was here and he's calling down fire and all of that, and, yeah. but the Lord wants to use him for stuff. So it's a cool story. We made eight, eight issues. Each issue is coming out and we just released four. We got four more to go. And then we're going to do a novel, and then down the road, we hopefully will take it cinematically. Wow, that is just such, I look forward to that. And I, I would say, you have kids, right? Yes. You have kids. How many yes. kids? I got two kids, a girl and a boy. My, my daughter's 21, my son's 14. All right. Well, your 14-year-old's probably in that category. I've got a, I have a grandson that's 14, and yeah. so he's fascinated with uh, fantasy. Yeah. But he reads. He, re he watches Star Wars and Star Trek. And <laughs> My 21 year old is in that category. Okay, so there you go. So yeah. I try to tell him, honey, that's not real. That's How right. about let's do, let's, you know. But I think if, if he could be reached as your son and my grandson and yeah. others, young people, mostly guys, mostly boys, can be reached with a character like this. Oh, yeah. With the truth. I love, I love that. I so, love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. All right, so now. You're making a new movie? Yes. I heard the rumor that you're yeah. making a new movie. What is it? Yeah, so rumor has it. <laughs> We're breaking news <laughs> on Sandy Rios 24. Yeah, I'm just excited because um, uh, the movie is called The Lincoln League. The and what? The Lincoln League. With this League Abraham, or League? Lincoln, like Abraham Lincoln. Yes, with the last League, second. yeah. L-E-A-G? L-E-U, now we can't spell. L-E-A-G-U. I got a pencil, I'm writing it down. Lincoln League. L-E-E-E-E-G. Okay. Oh, I can't wait because I love Lincoln. So what are you doing with this one? Uh, so the Lincoln League, uh, this is uh, the first African-American spies. And a lot of people don't know this story. And uh, so I will get a chance to play the lead character in this film. And it's going to tell this story about this, this African -American, these African-American spies. That, and I love this because a lot of people aren't going to know it's a true story. And uh, so Kingstone is in development with that right now. And uh, I was so excited to, to see uh, Art come and let me know that, um, you know, he, he thought of me for the lead role in this. And uh, I'm so excited because it's the same thing with No Vacancy. True stories, real people. Yes. This is, again, true stories, real people about a period that we're familiar with. Everybody knows Abraham Lincoln, but do you know about the Lincoln League, these, these African-American spies? Well, so. as much as I love Lincoln, I, I've never heard that. But I would say, I just want to say that there is this incredible history about what happened to black Americans after the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How they succeeded, how they married, they went into business, they created colleges and universities. Yeah. And had until until the 60s when, uh, when I forgot, the uh, Great Society, I think is what it was, started doing too many handouts. And like any person on earth, when you start getting something for nothing, you get a little bit, you know, you don't take things seriously mm -hmm. anymore. But there, the African-American community right after the Civil War was Amazing! Washington D.C. had a whole culture. Mm -hmm. said, there's so many stories about that. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're talking about that. Oh, it's going it's, it's to be great. And I think uh, it, a lot of people don't know, which is that's what makes it fun for me. Like, I get to introduce you to something that you didn't know about our history. Yeah. And that's it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's just, and I love that everybody. Like, again, you know Abraham Lincoln, but you know nothing about this Lincoln League. And it's like, oh, and I think that's going to be exciting to help people rush to the theaters and. And check this out. Are and you so, ready for something politically incorrect and tricky? Okay. Ahead, yeah. It's my observation that a lot of black activists are trying to rewrite history by putting black characters and mm -hmm. giving them roles that everyone knows they were like British, famous British people, queens and kings. And I, I love history and I love black history and I, I don't care about color. Yeah, me neither. But that's, that makes it, that, that just, it doesn't work. That's why I love an authentic story. Yeah. An authentic story told in this way. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. for me. You don't I have to make things up. You can actually tell real stories. Yeah, find the truth yeah. and just share the truth. Yes. You know, and it's easy to tell the truth. I, I, and it's this is something that really, really happened. We're not going to add anything to it. We're not going to take anything away from it. And just tell the story. And uh, hopefully people find it interesting. Like, this is something that you really didn't know. It's really, really cool. Some people did some courageous things. 
and uh, you get a chance to check it out. You're gonna love this that I'm gonna throw at you. You don't have. You can keep your face. You know. But I want you to know the book Uncle Tom's Cabin. Cabin is not what they say it is. That that moved me so much, and it it was the catalyst that created the surge and the desire among Christians in the North to go to war. It's an incredible story about a man who really loves God. Regardless of what people have heard, that's true. So someday, you should read that and maybe, maybe do Uncle Tom's Cabin and kind of set the record straight because he was a real hero of the faith. He was. Yeah. Okay. So you've already, oh, you've already told us about the new movie. Your, your sweetheart's right here next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. My, my, my wife is also my manager. And so it's been a, it's my favorite relationship in, in the industry is the relationship that we have. Uh, June 9th, we'll be married 22 years. So our anniversary is right around the corner. Um, I said best friend, uh, great mom, everything. And uh, it's easy to say that stuff. She know I'm not fluffing or anything like that. Stuff I tell her all the time. Uh, best friend in the world, you know, especially after uh, losing my mother to the pandemic. Um, that was that was really all I had. Um, she just really helps fill that void, you know, uh, bossing me around, telling me what to do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she just fills that. She just fills that that void. Okay, it's just perfect. <laughs> it's a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, right? yeah. According to the feminists. No, I just um, you know, she's. I used to always call my mom when 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 great things would happen and celebrate with her. I always wanted to make her proud. And um, you know, this is my mother right here. You know, um, that's oh. the last time we were together. Wow. And so. Uh, oh, you. That's that me and my mother. Uh, no, it's just a regular hat. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she she feels that boy, you know, um, just someone that I can continue to just uh, just 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 make proud and, and celebrate big moments with. So she's everything. So big moment probably be tonight. So I'm I'm glad you're here. <laughs> okay, you're I can't right. say that. This I is, hope you're right. I, I hope I'm right too. I really don't know. Right. Okay, I should make that. I do. I really don't know that. I don't know that. I hope you're right. I wish I could declare it, but that would yeah. not be true. I mean, it would just be great, just simply because, like I said, I really feel like the film just needs a. Uh, uh, for more people to see it, to get more recognition right. for it, and if this can get more recognition for it and get more people to watch it, that'd be fantastic. All right, so for the purposes of this <coughs> interview, the movie we're talking about is No Vacancy, and if you haven't seen it, it's getting ready to be uh, have a resurgent release. And I think that, you know, so if you haven't seen it, you, you'll want to see it. And uh, T.C. Stallings is the star, doing a great job, it's very compelling, and I hope you'll make it, you know, a point to do that. Well, thanks for listening at TC. Thank pleasure. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. God Appreciate bless you guys. Thank you so much. Well, that was fun. I really enjoyed getting to know TC Stallings. What a humble guy. You know, he's a good looking guy. He's fit. He could be a lot of different things, but instead you heard who he is. He's got character. And all those movies that he participated in, The War Room, Courageous, My Brother's Keeper, and now No Vacancy, he adds, he adds so much. He pours his heart into it. And he really is a really fine actors. So I recommend that movie highly, No Vacancy, if you haven't seen it. Uh, and also, <clears throat> I should say a word about Kingstone. Kingstone Comics, kingstonecomics.com is kind of the, the mothership of all of this, uh, of that movie, and a lot of other things. On the morning show, I've talked about them a lot. I just think the world of the work that they're doing, they have a Bible, they have illustrated comics uh, on all kinds of historical characters, biblical characters, it's a it's a it's an outlet that you can trust certainly for your children and now with their movies it's an outlet that enriches you know all ages so uh, kingstonecomics.com is where you can go to find out more about that so before we do our next interview that fun interview about those little league kids uh, I want to say that if you have a maybe you have a suggestion for a movie you think we should see you can call us at 662 821 2040 that's 662 821 2040 or you can send us an email at sandy at afr.net sandy at afr.net and you can go to the website now sandyrios.com all right it's time for some fun so sit back here we go a discussion of a little league team struggling uh, when's that ever happened? We'll find out. Hi, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7. Thank you for joining us. We're doing the video version of the podcast, and it's just kind of fun. It's a, you know, something new for us. I've done camera a ton in my life, but not on the podcast. So it's nice to have you join us in this way. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. It's beautiful down here. And I have another star sitting next to me. 
I can't get, I, I just, I'm, we're drawing stars at the booth today. His name is Joel Divaser. Is that correct, Joel? Did that I get is that correct. Right? Do I get a star? That's Dutch, right? It is Dutch. Give you three so, stars. Thank you. So where are you from? I'm originally from Michigan. And, uh, Grand Haven or Holland or? Holland. See, yep. I know these things. <laughs> okay. Yep, in Atlanta now. Okay. All right. I used to do a lot of work with the Bible League, which was all Dutch, and they used to, you probably don't even know this, and they used to, my Dutch friends would say, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Yeah. You ever heard that? I, I've heard that a few times. Did they make you marry a Dutch girl? Uh, they, they tried, but it, <laughs> it, it failed, so my wife is not Dutch at all. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story. One of my best friends was married to a big, tall Dutchman. He looked right, right, right off a movie set. Blonde hair, swath of blonde hair, and uh, when they were engaged, his his grandmother took her into a bedroom to talk alone, and she said, uh, "Catherine, do Baptists believe the Bible?" Yeah, that was his Christian Reformed grandmother. <laughs> so, well, you can comment takes, on that. <laughs> takes all kinds. I guess. <laughs> oh, it's just but funny. Yes, I'm sure they do. Dutch culture is very strong. I know if people yeah. know that, but they're very cold. They they're so successful. They have such a rich history, which I'll, I'll get off on a tangent if I go on this, but I have great respect for, the, for what the Dutch people have accomplished, and I mean that. So, But there I go, news of politics and world events, which is not what we're about. Uh, let me just say, Joel is an actor. Uh, he is uh, nominated his movie for Comedy Film of the Year, and that uh, the movie was is Game Changer. Now, I'm at a disadvantage, Joel, because I haven't seen it. Is it about, what is it about gaming? <laughs> no. <laughs> It is about, basically about baseball. It's kind of the Sandlot meets Mighty Ducks. Um, I play a very self-centered, a little self-absorbed professional quarterback. I get in trouble racing my Lamborghini. So if you like fast cars, your little, little, little boy's gonna tune in and watch a Lamborghini race. And uh, then I get forced to coach a little league baseball team, which I really don't want to do, and the hilarity ensues. That sounds like fun. Heaven knows we need a fun movie. There aren't enough of them. So you're up for best comedy film? Yeah, comedy film of the year. Okay, so. that's here at National Religious Broadcasters. So that's cool. Even to be nominated, you know, is a great uh, privilege. Have you acted before? Yes, um, I've been, I started on camera around 2005. Um, and at that point in time, uh, it was professional, uh, uh, or it was professional wrestling, sports entertainment. So I went from running around kind of in my underwear on live TV in front of a live audience to scripted stuff where I have a little more control over, over what happens. You get to choose the underwear or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did then too, at least, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, so that's kind of what, what made me dive into entertainment, especially stuff that can relate to families and children. Yeah. Do you have kids? I actually don't, so. Okay, so still to come. Um, Joel, there has to be a story. You don't move from professional wrestling. That's a whole fun, interesting world, but you know, not known for, uh, let's see, uh, the values that you might, Christian I don't know, I'm guessing <laughs> that you might adhere to now. Yeah. So I, I'm sure there is a story there. Can you tell us um, the short form of how this life change came to you? The, the short form is by being able to go back to venues um, I started to meet fans that had taken, you know, pictures with me with their kids, and they would come back up and, and try to get me to autograph, you know, their actual pictures, not ones they bought. And I would have parent after parent after parent uh, tell me how happy they were that there was a character that their, you know, their sons and daughters could look up to because at the time I played a character that wouldn't cheat. And so whether I got hit with a chair or a baseball bat or whatever else happened to me, I would never take advantage of that. You know, when the ref conveniently wasn't looking, I would never cheat. I would always overcome it with athleticism or outworking the guy or just not giving up. And it was a visually uh, attractive character to the audience, but also was able to relay a very strong moral message. And after enough parents kept telling me over and over about how their children could just see me doing the right thing, I started to realize that that's what we need to concentrate on in film and TV, showing Jesus, showing the right moral decisions, as opposed to uh, more telling and more traditional preachier content. And that's what made me walk away, amongst many other things, 
um, led me walking away from sports entertainment and into launching my own TV and film production. When we talk about <clears throat> trying to be encouraged in the world in which we live right now, I just want to say I'm not on the team that uh, shames the church for what they're not doing. I, I can see that people uh, are rising up all over in all kinds of areas uh, and taking a stand and fighting back in their own way. And uh, Joel, that's how I see this. I see what you're doing is that. So you wrote and produced The Game Changer, right? Did, yeah. All right, but now are you working on a new one? Our TV series or something, tell me. Yeah, we have a new TV series that's coming out. We're shooting the pilot presentation for it right now. It's tentatively called Encore, though that could change. And it should be wrapping up about the second week of June. And we may be putting it out in a venue where people will be able to see the pilot presentation for free and give us feedback and comments about the, uh, the current state of the show and future direction and also give us a better idea of where we want to go and how we want to distribute it. Because once again, we're specifically trying to get this show out to reach non-believers with a very fun but yet deeply dramatic show that dives into very topical issues, specifically that teens and families are facing today with a very clear Christian moral worldview, but not in a traditional Christian style show. Oh, so, so to be clear, can they see it now or it's in, in the process? We're, we're still filming it. So we got about two more weeks yet okay. and then another week or two to wrap it up. And uh, mid-June-ish, mid to late June should, uh, should crossing fingers, because film and TV doesn't always go like you plan. But uh, that's when we hope to have the pilot presentation done. All right. So it sounds to me like you're really busy, because I see here that you're also shooting a pop. Is, the, is Encore something different? That's what we're working on right now. Okay. Um, and right. then, yeah, I've got I've got another project kind of in the works as well at the same time. I so thought somebody told me that. So never-ending cycle. Does your wife is she involved in the business? She helps out um, when it when it works for her when she when she when it's fun for her I guess because she's uh, she's done plenty of long hours where it wasn't a whole lot of fun <laughs> and she's like look let's you know go hire other people for that so. Um, but yeah, she's very supportive. Um, I've been averaging 75 to 80 hours for the better part of about nine years and, and getting all this going. So if she wasn't supportive, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, um, so yes, uh, she's, she's, she's very helpful in what she, uh, what she can do and uh, fills in with other areas we'll need. If you were to win tonight for Game Changer, what would that mean to, what would that mean? Uh, not just about I'm not talking about spiritual. I'm actually talking about just technically, you know, could more people see the movie? Well, how would that affect the future of the movie, Game Changer? Yeah, I think, the, I think you know, the big thing for that would be is, A, it would be additional confirmation for me um, that I'm on the right path and, you know, uh, things that can be made better on future projects in relation to everything that happened with that film. Um, but also the big the big win for us would be as if it grows not only that film but the show and all of the future films because our ultimate goal is to create as much content as possible to reach as many people as possible and that's very hard to do. All right, well, this has been Joel Diviser. 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 Uh, the big Dutchman. He used to do pro wrestling <laughs> and got us led into writing and producing and acting. Uh, and he's nominated again for Comedy Film of the Year at National religious broadcasters and we'll find out tonight and of course by the time you see this we'll already know but so there you go thanks for listening this has been sandy rios 24 7. well that was fun and uh i really enjoyed talking to him and i meant what i said about being i loved it i i used to read i read, read peter the great and he was the first uh, czar of russia who actually russia was a very backward country even though they've got this great interesting history uh, and Peter the Great uh, actually left as the as the Czar of Russia. He went to Holland. Uh, this is in the 1600s to learn how to build ships, and brought a lot of their the technology of that day back to Russia to kind of bring it up into the new century. Uh, so there's a they have a long history, just that little tiny tiny uh, country, and they have through the years, uh, through the decades, through the generations, uh, given us some wonderful. Uh, smart people who have made a difference uh, in the world. So I meant what I said about that. You know, um, we could not do this if it weren't for the work and the support of Preborn. And it is my honor uh, to be uh, um, sponsored by Preborn. History, of course, was made on June 24th of 2022 when that 
decision of the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade, passed in 1973, which made abortion legal for all nine months. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, 64 million of them, 64 million. Can you believe it? That's why, you know, the overturning of that decision is so significant. Now it goes to the states to fight, uh, but that's where we are with it. Well, preborn is in the business of trying to save the babies' lives in the future. In honor of those babies that were lost, the $64 million, we're asking this time that you consider a gift of $64 to preborn. $64 pays for a, an ultrasound uh, for a woman who's in a crisis pregnancy, meaning she's really struggling about whether she should keep that baby. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy, and make your most generous donation. Well, in just a second, my husband, Bruce, is going to join me because we both love movies, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to confess to you how much we love movies, so you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. I'm here with Bruce, my sweetheart. And there are a few movies we've seen together, right, Bruce? I think we've been to a few, right? Um, I lost count at about uh, probably 1,500 maybe. <laughs> we should tell them. Uh, when we lived in D.C., we lived in a high-rise, um, and it was, uh, I, I think I've said, I'll say again, a little pressure living in that town. Uh, we were doing, I was doing the show five mornings a week, uh, and during the time of uh, so much of this pressure, the last part of it, it was the, the campaign between a President Donald Trump, well, future President Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, Clinton. So it was very tense in that city, and there was just a lot of things to say. And so <laughs> on Friday afternoon, I there was a movie theater uh, about a block and a half from our house, and we would try to make like the 430 movie when Bruce would get home. Uh, I take my blanket because I'm always cold. Remember? You don't remember this person? <laughs> I certainly do remember it. <laughs> and run down to the movie. They always showed, they showed art films, you know, different. They weren't like standard in the movie films. They were foreign films, and I loved it. And it was like my getaway, my treat yeah. with popcorn and Coke. Well, and that was before all these remodeled theaters. And that was an old theater, and it just had a lot of character. You know, the seats weren't that great, but it was just... It felt like our place. Kind of smelled a little bit, like, you know. <laughs> but we liked it. It was kind of damp, you know. Uh, but it, uh, but then they remodeled it and made it this big, fancy AMC. We had to reserve space, and that's when we stopped going. Yeah, that kind of took the uh, edge off of it. Yeah, because when you try to run over and you got to, like, pick a seat and, oh, just too. But we, that were really, I have always loved movies. My parents used to take me. Did your folks take you to movies, Bruce? No. We went to the movies maybe twice a year. Yeah. Well, so the okay. only movies I would watch would be on TV. You know what? I I have to amend that. We didn't. I didn't go to the movies a lot with my parents. Uh, I did when we were really small, and then they would take us to the drive-in, to the drive-in theater. Yeah, the drive-in theater. When my brother and I were very young, once in a while we'd go to the drive-in. And it was such a in treat. In our pajamas. Yeah, in our pajamas. <laughs> and we should paint this because people don't even know what it's like. We'd go. Uh, and they, you know, this little speaker that sounded like that. This is a movie, you know, terrible sound. And it, they, you would put it on your window and then roll your window back up. And I would take my pillow and my big sister and I'd sit in the back seat. And we'd have to park the car at an angle. They always had humps, so you could park your car, you know, kind of leaning back, so you could see the screen. But you have to put the car just so that you, the whole family can see the screen. Mom and dad and the kids in the back seat. Uh, and it was just a real treat, just fun. Yeah, I remember uh, going in our pajamas, and my mom would pop the popcorn before we went. We'd, we'd bring our Pepsis and uh, and sit there. And usually I wouldn't make it probably for more than a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make it very very long either, but uh, that's what's got me started on loving movies. You know, movies were a big part of the 40s. Our parents were from that generation, and... Uh, there was a war going on, and they were a great escape for people. And so my mom, my mom and dad loved movies, and so that's what started it in me. Is there any, a, a movie that you really loved when you were a kid? Well, I loved the movie Patton. Um, when I was probably about uh, eighth grade, my dad took... Uh, we never went anywhere with my dad, like a social event, without my mom. And I remember we came home from school, and my dad took my brother and I and said, come on, we're going to go to the movies. We, didn't, we couldn't believe it. <laughs> and we went to eat 
beforehand. <laughs> we went in you a little diner. <laughs> I really couldn't believe that. And we went to see Patton. And I'll never forget, you know, the opening of that movie is very profane where he's addressing his troops. And I remember sitting there like with my eyes wide open, <laughs> like I'd never heard words like these before. And uh, That's true. luckily that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the core of the movie. Isn't that? Yo, I have to interject, Bruce. So, for people that are don't know this, we just interviewed Patton's grandson uh, when just about a few weeks ago around D Day, uh, and he was telling us how gruff his grandfather was. And that movie was George C. Scott portraying this rough, gruff general who, you know, helped us win the war uh, against the Nazis. Yeah, I, I I imagine my dad might have been reconsidering why he'd brought us uh, <laughs> after the first ten minutes, but after that, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> well, you know what? When I was a kid, um, this is going to be bizarre. Okay, so you got yeah, this is something you don't know about Sandy Rios if you've been following me for years. I was a member of the Bloody Hand Society when I was a kid. <laughs> my buddy Roger, I he was my best friend. He was two years older than I was, and we loved horror movies. Well, horror movies then was were a little more innocent. We had, what do we have? We had um, Frankenstein, the old Frankenstein black and white oh, movies. Yeah. We had, um, oh, the, the well, Mars, had, the you, space creatures. Yeah, but like you had the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Them, yeah, you we had did. Dracula. Mummies, the mummies. The mummy. <laughs> the were- werewolves, the old werewolf Oh, the movies. werewolf scared me to death, the- it, it did me too, but the p- thing that I have to say is that they were not like they are now. It wasn't graphic. It was more inferred, and it was scary, scary, scary. But uh, Roger and I formed the Bloody Hand Society because we felt we had to see every horror movie that came out, and we just about did. But now I don't touch them at all because they're just, they've gotten really perverse and wicked. But uh, So I have to say that because it's true. Uh, but that's what... I- that's what filled my mind when I was a kid. The, I was part of the Bloody Hand Society. Roger and I would go. We would get together uh, on Saturday mornings an hour like before the movie would start and scare each other to death. <laughs> then we'd go to the movie and scare, you know, be just properly in, in, you know, in the mood to be scared to death further. So that's how it went. You think I'm crazy, don't you? Uh, that may explain some things. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. But uh, no, but I, you know, uh, my experience with Sandy though, since she and I have been married and we go to the movies, is oftentimes I I see about one third of the movie before <laughs> we leave. Um, we used to when we lived in Arlington, Virginia, and we'd go to that the movie theater Sandy was talking about. Oftentimes we had no idea what the movies were, so we'd just go and say, "All right, well, we'll take a chance on this." And sure enough, it wouldn't be something that was appropriate. And after maybe. 15 or 20 minutes, I'd hear, I'm going to go outside and sit in the lobby. And I'd say, what? And she'd go, yeah, this isn't appropriate. So I'd be like, well, okay, I guess we're going, you know, because I'm not going to sit in there and watch it. And we had a friend who just passed away. In Chicago. And he used to go to a lot of movies. He and his wife would go with Sandy. And uh, he was very Italian. He, he grew up in the neighborhood in hey, Chicago. Hey, Bruce, and, uh, Bruce, hey, hey, hey. Bruce. And he'd go, hey, you know, Sandy, I've never been to less movies. I've been to a lot of movies with her, but I've never seen less of them than I've seen with Sandy. Because we're always leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was on the radio in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Val and Shelley were such close friends of mine. I was single then. And I would get close to the last commercial break, and I would call them. <laughs> And I'd say, you want to go to a movie? Let's go to a movie. And they would drop everything and meet me halfway at the theater. That's what Bruce is talking about. And we would, we weren't sure, you know, what we were going to watch. But yes, yeah, so there were a lot of uh, things I could not watch. See, but, I, um, I never, I couldn't believe that when I when I met Sandy and she would go to movies without knowing what they were going to be about. Not usually. Because, well, no, but what I'm going to say is, okay, I was always like. I'm like, well, because I'm not as crazy about going to the movies. And so it's like, if I'm going to go to the movies, I'm going to look for something that I just am sure I'm going to like. And she, on the other hand, would be like, well, you know what? I feel like going to the movies, not necessarily to see that particular film, but just to go. And so oftentimes we ended up at things that I think, oftentimes we were actually very pleasantly surprised. I remember when we saw The Lunchbox which was oh, the Indian an movie. Indian movie. Yeah, I loved it. It was incredible. It yep. was about how uh, they delivered lunches throughout India to workers. 
It sounds like nothing, but it was a great movie, and it, it actually ended up being studied by the Harvard Business School uh, to, for logistics. Um, so that was a very pleasant surprise. So it, uh, oftentimes it worked in our favor. Yeah. I have to say also, I'm being funny, because I, but all that's true. All that's true about me, but also... I through my life I have seen some movies that had tremendous impact on me. I think of um, To Kill a Mockingbird was one of those when I was a kid. That was one of my favorite with Gregory Peck uh, about um, the. Now it's become cliche. All these movies about the mistreatment of blacks. I kind of think it's a vehicle uh, that can be dishonest sometimes and maybe exaggerate. Uh, not exaggerate, but just. Try to. They want us to think a certain way. You didn't have to think a certain way with *To Kill a Mockingbird*. It was a story that unfolded in the South, and it was uh, it was uh, very authentic. I thought, um, and I, man, that that just broke my heart and became the fabric of my understanding. And then movies like *The Ten Commandments* uh, with Charlton Heston. Uh, they, you know, they were just uh, movies that stirred you in a deep way to higher thinking. Uh, and, and I just think movies can do that. They can also be horrible. And I, just oh. to be clear, you, what you're saying, because I want people to know this, I don't go see movies that are not, um, I don't fill my mind, I just am very careful what I fill my mind with. I think that's what I want to say, and I think that's what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, it is amazing how a movie can absolutely affect the culture, either in a bad way or in a good way. Uh, you think about when, Saturday Night Fever came out. I mean, that was just a changing of the, of the uh, culture, not in a good way necessarily, but it changed the way people dressed. It changed the way people, the music they listened to, the dancing. I mean, again, not necessarily in a good way, but it is amazing how movies can affect culture. And like when the Rocky movie came out, I remember people were just, they were going to see it five and six times because they loved it, the, the, it, you know, the, the, the power of it. Yeah, the, I loved it. The, you know, I loved that. It was, re- and, it was another redemptive story. Yeah. He always had loved his wife, yeah. and uh, he worked hard, and he, there was an honor and integrity yeah. in that movie. Yeah. People running around yelling, yo, Adrian. Yeah, Adrian, <laughs> and, uh, I, I'd like to know. I'd like to know how many people experimented and drank like five raw eggs for breakfast, the way Rocky would. I bet not. I bet not many did it a second time. <laughs> you know, since you said uh, movies having an effect of culture, that makes me think of a couple of movies that because Jeremy was small when these movies came out, and uh, I think of Goonies and E.T. I know that E.T. became like a folk uh, legend, but my personal take on these movies were that was the first time I saw examples of kids acting like adults and using really bad language and having an attitude disrespectful to adults. And it really struck me that, no, 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 I don't, I don't like this. And I know everybody, lo- everybody seemed to love this movie, but I thought this, and that was a turning point. Then we, we kids sort of became what that, that was the pattern. Smart aleck kids mouthing off at their parents and, and, know, and seemingly knowing as much as adults know, which they don't. Uh, so I that I think that was a that was a culture change, but there have been some great movies through the years, and uh, I do think movies, uh, you know, what what if Je- Jesus used stories to teach? He used uh, parables and stories. He didn't just uh, lecture, you know, in the theology of things. And it's no doubt, no doubt stories reach us; they touch us in different ways, and the combination of the music. So it can be a power for good, and it can be a power for evil. So we have to be careful. But, um, yeah, my favorite movie, I think, as an adult, has been Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Now, does that mean everything in Gladiator is great? Absolutely not. There were some underlying themes of bad morality, weird relationships, things like that. But you think about the Gladiator's creed that he used, strength and honor, and how he was unwilling to bend the knee to the emperor so that he would have a wonderful life and be left alone, you know, given a, a, a great, actually given a great life. Uh, he'd been a general and uh, they were going to reward him. However, he would not bend the knee to the emperor. And that was it. The emperor came after him. And so what did the gladiator do? He endured the punishments 
of the emperor and came back to eventually end up killing the emperor in, in the arena and showing you that a life led with honor is better than a quote-unquote great life led in dishonor. Yeah, and I want to address something that you've kind of alluded to here, Bruce, because this is what I've learned as a, as a Christian. Uh, some people view, okay, let me just explain it this way. All truth is God's truth. And what do I mean by that? I mean that uh, strength and honor are both uh, honoring, meaning honoring other people, or take, having honor, lofty, uh, living honorably. Uh, those are things that translate uh, and are uh, intersect with Christian teaching. Uh, the Gladiator, for instance, was not a Christian movie, and I don't even think Jesus was ever mentioned, or Christianity was ever mentioned. It was He was like a pagan uh, at the time. Uh, but the reason why you don't have to reject all of something because it isn't exactly uh, God shows himself in various ways. He shows himself in nature where it's not specific that it's Jesus and God, but it's a, it's a glimpse of God. And God shows himself in character. He shows his uh, part of his nature in movies like this. You don't have to reject uh, something like that just because it isn't Christian-based. Uh, and so I, I, it, it takes a lot of discernment. Um, uh, to know about music and also about movies, uh, what what you should be watching, and all of us have different. I'm not setting down, you know, I'm not a Bill Gothard where I set down an exact uh, measurement, uh, but I think uh, sometimes even in movies, for me, it's the uh, uh, more than the sometimes the language and whatever, however graphic this or that, it's actually what they're trying to persuade you to believe. That sometimes upsets me more than. The other things, because I know they're trying to work with your mind and twist your mind to a certain viewpoint. Um, and so uh, I always look for that. And that's why I think it's important that you support movies like the two we've previewed here. Yes. With TC and Joe. Yeah. These are the kind of things that we should be going to and we should spend our money on. Um, again, like Sandy said, sometimes it's, it's difficult to sort through all these things, but we can tell you... In these instances, this is well worth your time. Yeah, you're in, you're in good hands. So it's Game Changer and War Room. Oh, Game Changer and No Vacancy. Uh, and uh, I think you'll enjoy them. I think they'll be good summer watching, and you can you can trust watching them with your family. Okay, so uh, have we exhausted the subject of movies? I think we have for now. I think I've I told you way more than you should have known about my, my life regarding movies. <laughs> but I, I hope you make some great choices and enjoy them this summer and, and smartly. It was a learning process for me when I started going to movies with you, honey, but I, but I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. And the popcorn, that's the best. That's the reason, the, really the reason. Yeah, it's amazing. It. We, we, <laughs> we tend to overdo it on the popcorn. No, no, uh, no way. It never ceases to amaze us when we go with another couple or people and they look at how much popcorn we are they consuming. Go, and they always talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. How much popcorn do you guys yeah, have? Yeah, well, we always don't eat before we go to the movies. So that's our yeah, treat. Yeah, that's our meal That's our big night. treat. But, uh, you know, it's just us. I'm not recommending that to any of you. All right, well, that's enough. Uh, thank you for listening today to this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be with you next time for the next edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.